Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Reality is as always. It's newer, and today we're talking about Vanderpump Rules and Summer House with my good friend Maya Han. Hello, hello. <laughs> so happy to be here. Okay, we've been like texting ever since all of this. <laughs> yes, all of this stuff has been yes, happening, and have. I know, and I know everybody wants to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Obviously, that's m- what most people listen to this episode every week on because. Summer House is boring, but I do love talking to you about Summer House, so I'm happy to be talking to you about Summer House. I am extremely happy to be talking to you about, you know, one of the best shows on Bravo, like eight people go home for the week, for the week. (laughs) Right? That's what the show is called, right? Like people packing up and leaving and coming and going. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. It's like the long title. And now they're doing like people coming and going Martha's Vineyard. Can't wait. <laughs> okay, I'm actually excited for people coming I'm, and going in Martha's Vineyard. That looks I'm, great. I'm, I'm very excited for that one. I, I think I was surprised by that announcement, and uh, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, everybody is just, like, absolutely stunning. I, like, very briefly browsed through some of their bios. Several people are, like, um, former Playboy models. Like, everybody's just oh so God. hot. Yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm excited to see like, you know, gorgeous people of color on TV, especially on Bravo. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But Summer House this season, my God, it really is like we spend so much time just watching them all get there, unpack and say hello to each other and give each other hugs. It was I was I found even though that I know this to be true. I was surprisingly shocked when it, like the first 30 seconds of this week's episode was literally like they're just packing up and leaving. And I was like, wait, we just, we just started. Why are they leaving? What, what a crazy way to begin a television show. Thank you. I was like, wait, what happened last week? Like, did we add on a, to be continued that we're getting opening up on them packing up and leaving? Like, what is this? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, like, but I, I agree with you. I have found myself like irritated watching it, but at the same time, like, especially before things blew up with Vanderpump. Um, I was actually finding myself like really um, feeling like highly anxious through a lot of the Summer House episodes because mm-hmm. like the dissolution of the Lindsay and Danielle friendship is sort it's like kind of a, a deep thing as an el- elder millennial who cares very deeply about my female friendships. Like, yes, I was very nervous and continue to be frankly, like, like nervous and just sort of like uncomfortable at watching it unfold. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see it happen week to week. 
Yeah, I do think that like, obviously, yeah, I agree with you. Like Scandaval took over everything, but I do think that in this whole thing, like I don't give a shit about the relationship between Carl and Kyle, truly. I don't give yeah. a shit about Lindsay and Amanda. They never got along. I yep. only care about Danielle and Amanda and what the, or sorry, Danielle and Lindsay and what the fuck happened there. And yeah. we're starting to get sprinkles of it so let's get into this episode yeah the mm-hmm. episode up opened up with them packing up and going back to the city gabby's buying crystals gross ass craig shows up and talks to Paige <laughs> about their relationship i just was like i don't watch southern charm anymore okay and i don't care for craig and i don't want to see him i think it's really interesting that i think there's a lot of like conversation about like how like uh, implicitly on the show and certainly like amongst the viewers like how Carl and Lindsay are like trying to kind of shape a view of how their relationship is for people watching yeah. but like for me it feels very stark that I see Craig and Paige doing that in a very deep way I think it seems very clear to me that they are responding to mm-hmm. bad feedback from Winter House and Summer House and um I think they're being very intentional about how they're showing their relationship on screen and I actually kind of felt like particularly in this scene like they were trying to like very purposefully serve as a contrast to Lindsay and Carl and um like 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 at one point Paige when they're talking about like being long distance Paige says to Craig like you're here like every single day like in relation to him them being long distance but like he hasn't been on it's interesting that she would say like you're here every day but we haven't seen him on the show or like we've barely seen him on the show yeah we only see him in the city we don't see him in 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 the hamptons um i agree with you there and i also thought it was sus she said that it was because it was her brother's birthday but the fact that Paige was Uh out the weekend that uh andrea was at the hamptons i'm like you know that's when 100 percent craig being like I don't want you to be there when I'm, when, you know, he's there and I'm not present. Like that would totally be Craig. Like I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. 100% I had the same feeling. I was like, I don't believe that she was like, maybe it was her brother's birthday. Maybe she did in fact see him for a bit, like, or something like that. But I, I did, I felt like that was an excuse. um, 100%. Also, I think that you've touched on something about her being Paige being so like, so different than, Lindsay and Carl, right? Like, I also think what's interesting is like Paige, we've seen her in other relationships on the show, and her whole thing has always been like, even when she was with that guy Perry, the big issue there was like she never saw him or that he didn't come to the house and he didn't want to party with her and he yeah. didn't want to go out with her and all those things, right? And mm-hmm. it's so different now that she's with Craig and it doesn't seem like Craig is coming into the Hamptons, but she has no issue with the fact that like they're long distance and they're going to take their time and it's no big deal. And like, we're just going to see it day by day. And I think that when you think about that page, like the page that was like ready to rush it, wanted more commitment from Perry now being with Craig and being like, whatever, we'll just see where it goes. That girl to be pushing or being so like, you know, um, so looking at Lindsay with like such a side eye and suspicion of like, why are you rushing into this? Like when that's exactly what your MO was. So I don't understand why Lindsay's not allowed to do the thing that you had been wanting to do in your previous relationship. It seems like, it seems like some love, it's not like projection, but it's something else, right? Like where it's like, 
you're not doing the thing that you used to do in your relationships and you want Lindsay to do the same thing that you're not doing. It's it's like it feels very intentional. Yes. I, I think. Like and, and I I'm totally with you. And like, you know, maybe in some fairness to Paige, I I'm not a huge Paige fan, so yes. I like tend to be very critical of her, but um, in some fairness, maybe it is like a sense of more maturity and relationship. Sure. She's at a time in life where she's more comfortable and confident with her life outside of relationships. Maybe all of that is true. But you would also think that like, I mean, I have been in long distance relationship or a long distance relationship. Like I have seen friends in long distance relationships. Like, you know, a year does not have to be the point at which you determine how things are going to go, but like, it's a notable milestone. And you would think that those conversations are actually more important where it's like, okay, what are we going to do here? Like, and you should kind of maybe want to also change it too. So I'm not yeah. saying that Craig and Paige don't want to, but I, it feels there's something that feels a little disingenuous and a little bit like intentional in like trying to seem very like chill and not pushing it forward that it, it feels like some kind of narrative shaping in my view. Yeah. And I would never think that about anybody else. Um, I sp- think it's specifically about Craig and Paige because they well, because well, Craig is a snake and yes. he's a psychopath and he mm-hmm. hates Lindsay. So I mm-hmm. feel and Paige hates Lindsay. So I mm-hmm. just feel like they're doing something very intentional. Um, Lindsay and Amanda go to lunch and I just I fucking hate Amanda. Like I just can't stand her. <laughs> oh, Lin- I'm, I'm with you. I this is a good conversation. Uh, we we meet God. in the middle here. Yes. Lindsay is like opening her heart up. And look, I get it. Listen, I'm not crazy. I'm not completely blind to Lindsay Hubbard and how she functions. I know what she does. She does outlandish things. She does really mean things. She says really mean things. I have no doubt that she's like that. And I understand that sometimes people she will she will do this thing where she'll yell at you and then she'll get over it and then she expects you to move on. But people are allowed to be in their feelings. And I understand that completely about Lindsay. However, in this situation, Lindsay didn't fucking do anything to Amanda. Amanda oh, yeah. did something to Lindsay. She said the shit at the reunion, and then at Winterhouse, she led the charge for essentially saying that Lindsay was cheating on Carl with Austin at yep. her wedding. So I don't understand what Amanda is thinking here when she's sitting there and she's like sitting there with this face of like Lindsay's crying and like Lindsay's like pouring her heart out. And then she says in the confessional, I don't really know what to make of what Lindsay of this meeting with Lindsay. I'm just going to give her benefit of doubt. You don't get to be the one to give her benefit of doubt if you're the yeah. one that fucked up. I don't understand. And and I feel like I, I have seen a bit of like, well, Amanda apologized for what she said in the text and Lindsay never responded. But okay. like, <laughs> Amanda, like she, first of all, she like glossed over an apology in the text. Like yes. I'm not, well, I'm not willing to accept the premise that that was like an acceptable apology, mm-hmm. but in any case, like Lindsay didn't accept it and it doesn't absolve Amanda of what she said. But like, yeah. I'm with you, like she's, Amanda's putting this on Lindsay and it is really unclear on on to me like what Lindsay did in this situation and I mean and and the thing about like in that talking head when Amanda's like I don't know what's real and like what's not real here like I I genuinely don't understand this because the one thing I do think is that Lindsay has been pretty direct about what she thinks and how she's feeling and in fact that has been the stem of a lot of the conflicts between Amanda and Lindsay in the past is Lindsay being a bit of an asshole. And yeah. um, 
I, I, I don't understand how you can like interact with her and not think that what you see is what you get. Yeah, I think that Amanda's issue is that Amanda is a deeply insecure person. And I think that she knows that if she is an asshole to somebody, they might continue to be mad at her. And she is too anxious of a person to like get over it or like be secure in herself to like move on and be normal with them. She'll look at every single thing that that person does as a slight to her, as like a personal offense to her. So I feel like that's just how Amanda functions, which is like deeply unhealthy. And I don't understand how she's married to Kyle, but. God, we've we've talked about that for months, for years. <laughs> the other thing that Lindsay got on, like hit on in that scene, was like, like when she was kind of like uh, tearing up and kind of talking about how she was hurt, is sort of like how she didn't know that people were feeling that way about her last summer, and that to me rang really true because everything that they said about her in last season, it was all behind her back. Yep. Like, it, all of it was behind her back. And, like, why – and this – it would have aired only a couple of months before this season. Like, why would we expect Lindsay not to carry kind of, like, the shock and hurt from that into this summer? I just think, like, people treat Lindsay like she's not a real person. Mm-hmm. And and that is what gets to me, both about how, like, the castmates treat her, but also, like, the viewer reaction to her. Like, it, it just – like – she's not so one dimensional, like, you know, seeing these people shit on her when she has no idea about it until she's seeing it aired months later, like, that sucks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I don't blame her for feeling hurt about it later on. Yeah, exactly. Um, We had to, we head back to the Hamptons and this time Robert, Danielle's boyfriend is joining. He's going to cook a meal for everyone. They're all getting ready. Amanda talks to Sierra and Paige about the meeting with Lindsay. And Paige says, I don't know what Lindsay is even mad about. And I was like, again, do you guys not watch back the shows that you are on? I don't understand. (laughs) It makes me think about how in the very first episode, we get this throwaway moment with Paige. Like, I don't remember who, who told us about it, but when... Paige basically says to Lindsay, like, whatever happened between us, like, I'm basically like, I, yes, clean mm-hmm. slate or whatever, whatever. It wasn't even clean slate. That's too generous. She knows. She like, says, she says in the beginning of the, the season, she said, I texted Lindsay before we got here and I said, um, I'm not mad at you about anything or like, there's nothing like she said something like, you know, I don't give a shit about anything that's ever happened between us. That's like, let's just move forward. Right. And Lindsay's <sighs> like, yeah, cool. Fine. So right. Li- Lindsay's I, fine with it. I don't understand. Right. right. It, and like, but Paige also expects like, you know, but like, I, I don't know. Paige is acting. She's giving a sense of like amnesia that I don't think is realistic to yes. any of this situation. Plus, she's not having that amnesia about anything that Lindsay has quote unquote done to them. So I don't know. It's, yeah. They eat this lovely dinner. It looks delicious. So um, Paige asks a bunch of couples questions. And the way that it was set up in the preview looked like it was going to be a lot more like tense. But I actually thought that it was like a, a perfectly nice meal. Like I feel like they all just like asked each other these questions. And there was nothing really like that exciting. Like, yeah, um, Carl and Lindsay answer the question. Like people who are in a brand new relationship and are very deeply in love. Kyle and Amanda did their Kyle and Amanda thing. And I saw very clearly why Robert and Danielle are not together anymore. So I, I just like, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like Lindsay's like, she very, she jokingly tells Paige like, oh, you have to answer this question too. Don't think you're going to get away with it just because Craig's not here. And Paige is like, oh, because Lindsay was so triggered by that question. I'm like, you're so fucking dramatic. Like she's clearly joking. Like I just feel like no matter what Lindsay does, they think that she is like coming for them. And I think that she's never going to be able to undo that view of herself in their eyes. So there's like literally nothing that she can do with these Right. Well, and it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy because, I mean, you can imagine and you can see Lindsay like in turn because she knows she's not ever going to come out of that hole. She acts defensively. And then they are like, oh, well, look at how Lindsay's acting and it like meets their expectations of whatever that might be. But when they don't get the reaction that they want to get out of her then like they just yeah I mean like that is really we'll we'll get into that I'm sure a little bit later in the girls night but it is yes. it is truly like Lindsay can never Lindsay cannot win here she cannot um Gabby asked Danielle how to warm up to Sierra um so have you seen like on social media and stuff I think Gabby's in a couple of like podcast interviews I've only seen clips of it but last week Maya and Sierra are talking about how they're not able to connect with Gabby then Gabby went, I think, on a couple podcasts and like E or something maybe and said how she found out that they felt that way about her also while watching the show. So she didn't know that Sierra and Maya felt that way about her. And so she was just as shocked as everyone else. And then since then, some people, I guess, in the same industry as Gabby have come out and said like, you know, actually Gabby's like a really um, – rude person and (laughs) that she's actually not nice to people and she's actually not nice specifically to other black women. And I think that this is like such a, uh, I think that there's probably some specific nuance that um, actually I know that there's a specific nuanced way that Mm -hmm. could probably be discussed by black women, which Mm -hmm. we, but I think that, I think that when I, when I think about it from the lens of like, as two brown women, we have mm-hmm. been in situations where Absolutely. we feel like we are not able to either warm up to a person or mm-hmm. feel included in a group, right? I mm-hmm. think that's happened to all of us. And I think specifically for, for like me and you, I think we're very similar mm-hmm. in that we ride the like thin line between our culture and our culture and Western culture, I'm sure that there's been so many times when like you've been told like, you're not, you're not brown enough or you're not white enough. Right. Like, and so you end up sitting in a cusp and especially when you're in a group of different types of people, we like don't even know sometimes how to like code switch between the two. So then you end up feeling like you're going to disappoint what you're either not going to be accepted by the majority of the people that are there, or you're going to disappoint the people that are there that look like you. And it's such a difficult place for Gabby to be in. And I feel really bad for her. I do too. I like, yeah, I mean, like, there are absolutely like dynamics at play that, you know, you and I can't talk about. And I'm sure that I can't even fully even grasp, but like, I identify Mm -hmm. with, with it. And it just really bums me out. Like, I want to see, you know, like, I, I, I want to see them clicking with each other because, you know, like I also know undoubtedly like they share as if not as if not more than enough, but like they certainly share as many experiences as their experiences might be different. And um, like it also seems to me that 
like the this the thing that I have liked best about Gabby is that she appears to have given everyone in the house a real chance. Mm-hmm. She is clicking with almost I mean other than kind of the Mayan Sierra question like she's clicking with basically everybody she's trying to have moments with everybody and you know I gotta be honest like I can't say that I have seen the same in Sierra Mm -hmm. um, in her past seasons and you know I hope that they're able to come to some kind of middle ground and I hope this doesn't like like create a wider gulf because I actually think that would be it could become deeply uncomfortable to watch too yes Um, yeah. Yes, I agree. And I, f- I wish that like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things to unpack there again. Yeah. I'm, I might not be able to understand it from their perspective, but I feel like even Maya last season was like, I feel really left out. Yes. And I feel like I don't fit in and it's hard being a black person in, you know, in the Hamptons and all this stuff. Like there's so many things that she talked about that I was like, I'm sure that you could find common ground here because I'm sure Gabby feels the same. I think that, I think that like, I just wish that they would give her a chance. It kind of bummed me out. I was like, man. Yep. That's, that's how (sighs) I feel too. It's like, I don't want to discount Sierra and Maya's point of view by saying like, Oh, you guys have it all wrong. Like I'm not willing to go there, but like, it seems to me that they are not giving Gabby a chance. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I, I, even that I kind of feel like, Oh God, am I oversimplifying? But like, I just, like, I wish that they had had the opportunity to, like, sit down and connect with each other. And who knows? Maybe they still will by the end of the season. But um, I'm sure that Gabby probably doesn't feel great about it, having seen what happened in the last few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the crew goes and parties. Uh, Lindsay and Carl, obviously Carl's sober, so Carl's not mm-hmm. dancing with anybody, and Lindsay and Carl just sort of stand, sit on the side and dry hump each other. I, listen, I just I occur, this has occurred to me for a couple of weeks, and I don't I don't think I'm disgusted here on the podcast, but guys, could it just be that Carl is fucking boring? Like, I think Carl is boring. <laughs> I think Carl is boring and I think that we're realizing Carl is boring. And I think that's why Carl, unfortunately, like abused substances quite a bit. He said he did. He didn't feel like he fit in anywhere. He didn't feel comfortable in his own skin. So he was like doing a lot more excessive amounts of drinking and he didn't know how to like party with these people. And I'm like, you know what, guys? I think Carl's lame. (laughs) It's also stood out to me. It certainly I noticed it here and I'm fairly certain it happened like in an earlier episode but like Lindsay is also like kind of encouraging him to come back to the group right like she says in this episode like oh shouldn't we go mingle or something like that so she she sees what's happening she identifies it yes and she's like "Uh, let's get back in the group and I think she does want to also be with the group but he's the one saying no and she is the one thinking and clearly being like okay well I'd rather spend time with you and clearly many have criticism for her for that but like whether it's because she wants to separate herself just to spend time with her man or if she just genuinely wants to support him when she can see that he doesn't want to be doing whatever it is the greater group is doing I I don't think either of those are really that big of a deal at the end of the day (laughs) yeah 
I agree. Um, they all come back to the house and they do their binging and partying thing. Danielle goes to bed while Robert parties and mm-hmm. she doesn't get to spend a lot of time with him and he has to leave the next day. And, you know, she's texting him all night to like come to the bed, come to the bed. And I realized, I said, maybe, maybe last week when Danielle was upset about the Montauk stuff, about, you know, Lindsay not wanting to go to Montauk, I thought to myself, especially after this scene, I thought, well, could that have been a little bit of of projection? You know, is Mm -hmm. Danielle upset about the fact that, you know, here is Lindsay, here's Lindsay's boyfriend. He's never wants to go out and Lindsay only wants to spend time with him. She's going to bend her life to make sure that she's always around for Carl. And I think that Robert is not doing that for Danielle and Danielle is not doing that for Robert. Or I think yep. she does actually. She like travels with him when he works and stuff, right? Like Yeah, she- but also she, you know, if it, there's a couple of ways to look at even this particular weekend, right? Like Robert has the night off. Um Danielle could have gone to the place that they're staying in Montauk to have one-on-one time with him. Mm-hmm. Instead, she asked him to come to the house and That's true. Home. And, you know, is it fair to ask him to come out for the night and have him cook all night, um, but then simultaneously complain about not spending one-on-one time with him? Um, I don't actually think it's so simple as to say, like, she was wrong for doing that, because uh, I think it's absolutely fair for her, a cast member on the show, to want her boyfriend to come film with the show. Sure. But, like, I mean, I I think it feeds in exactly with what you're saying. Like, you know, it doesn't appear that she and Robert are necessarily doing the sort of like prioritization of spending time with each other in the way that um, Lindsay did in the Montauk situation. Yes, exactly. So the next day the crew goes to the vineyard and a party bus that smells like cocaine and cigarettes, according to Paige. I was like, how do you know what that smells like? But never mind, you are dating Craig, so you do know what that smells like. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Ode to Craig. um chris again tries to hit on sierra it just it's just so sad but it does look like it the whole vineyard scene i will say look like a classic summer house fun time i was like oh i'm happy the kids are all getting along it seems like everything's back to normal it's really nice they head back and you know the girls want to do a girls night the boys want to do a boys night the boys night i don't give a fuck about it was stupid and i don't want to spend any time even talking about it cringe worthy yes yeah, so cringe worthy i was like enough okay carl first of all kyle you're 40 okay yeah. and chris is like 24 so like chris had this air about like all right if you really want me to do this i guess i'll do it at least we're not fighting and honestly, like, that was the first time I truly appreciated Chris. I was like, you're right. They are. Yeah. Like, what they're asking you to do is, like, very embarrassing for them. Um, but you're doing it because you're a good sport. Chris is so boring and, like, a dud and, like, has questionably alarming conversations with and about women. But I also feel like what a shitty position for Chris to be in to the only guys in the house for him to, like, riff with and like work off of being kyle and carl like it the man did not have a chance no not one um so we go to girls night let's just talk about that Lindsay wants to let loose with these girls but all the girls want to do is ask her all kinds of questions about if she feels okay to go out without carl are you okay not drinking are you 
and I, I've, I've said this before, and I do believe that one of the things that's happening here is that I think that there is a massive age difference. I think that yep. there is a, a lack of understanding of like the type of relationship she's in. I think that like Amanda thinks that like, I think for Amanda, Amanda thinks that like, I think she even mentioned it last, last week, like, uh, Lindsay said like, I can't go out. Like I have a boyfriend and Amanda was like, it never stopped Kyle. Like she's jokingly mm-hmm. said that. Right. So I think like mm-hmm. Amanda is in a different position as, as Lindsay because she didn't have a boyfriend who bent over backwards for her. So she had to just deal with him being out all the time. And so I don't think that there, she's I mean, aware that there, there can be a compromise in that situation right. where, you know, and they gave Kyle so much shit for doing that or like yes. for, for not being what Amanda wanted him to be in those situations. So it's a little bit rich to then be like, oh my God, like Lindsay's not doing that. Like, yeah, I just, I don't understand because they want Lindsay to be a better person. But then when she is a better person, they're like, this is so disingenuous. And like, why aren't you being yourself? And like, is Carl making you be something that you don't want to be? I think if Lindsay wants to change the person that she is so that she can be with Carl, then God bless her. Let her. Who cares? Like, she literally is doing nothing to you. It's like there was this there's this part where they're asking her, like, well, do you go out like in New York? like in the city, like during the week. And, you know, she's basically like, oh, you know, I go out for like, I might have like dinner at like 8.30 and I come home at like 10.30. And they're kind of acting like, oh my God, so you don't even go out like in the weeknight in the city. And I'm sort of like, it's a weeknight. She's, so Lindsay is like a couple months older than me, like truly like a couple of months. And I'm like, I get like upset if I'm out past 11 at this point. Thank you. It's pretty... Like, it's a weeknight. Like, what's she gonna do? Like, I, in fairness, I have a, you know, regular time job. So it's a bigger deal if I'm not home in a timely fashion than it would be for Lindsay because she does not have the same kind of schedule. But, like, it's, nobody is, like, not nobody, but, like, at the age of 36, I don't think there should be this expectation that she's going buck wild every weeknight, um, especially when she's on a show called Summer House and there is the expectation that she will be drinking heavily on the weekends. Yes. Even lightly on the weekends, every weekend. Yes. And Maya and Paige both like two episodes ago were saying how they don't like to go out at all. Even These girls like, oh, you don't go out. You don't go out. You guys sit in your bed most of the time. What are you talking about? So I I watched, um, I, I have been watching most Summer House episodes like not on Mondays. And so I've caught a little bit of chatter before I see the episodes. And what really struck me with the Montauk episode was how everyone, you know, it seemed like everyone was making this huge deal about like Lindsay not going to Montauk. And I was stunned when I watched the actual episode and saw that nobody really went to Montauk. No one went. Like everyone's talking about it. And Sierra didn't go, Maya didn't go, Paige didn't go, Amanda didn't go. I guess Paige wasn't there maybe. No, Paige wasn't, yeah. nobody was nobody went it was just Danielle and Gabby and Sam and it's sort of like how can you possibly be getting on her this much like yeah it seemed like she did want to go but like it you know we we don't have to go back in time to that but yeah it was legitimate for her not to end up going even if she did want to I think that Danielle is mostly upset about the fact that Lindsay doesn't want to spend as much time with her 
that's all it is. Like, I think that I, and I think that Danielle definitely has legitimate concerns about, you know, Carl's sobriety and how quickly they're moving into the relationship. All those things that she's already voiced to Lindsay before. She's never gotten Mm -hmm. upset with Lindsay about it, but she's voiced her concern to her like two episodes ago. They're perfectly fine. But I think that because Danielle is somebody who is so sure of what she wants and, and she doesn't like struggle with a lot of things the same way that Lindsay does. I think that Lindsay maybe even like doesn't want to disappoint Danielle. So even when she's like, Oh, you're coming down on me. And like, I just, you start judging me. Like you can tell that Lindsay's used to being the fuck up friend with Danielle. And I think that in this situation, she's worried that she's going to fuck something up again. And Danielle is going to be like, see, bitch, I told you so. Cause I think that that's happened in the past. And I think that's what Lindsay's worried about. So I think they both have like almost like a misunderstanding of how much the other person cares about each other, which is very, very sad because they are definitely still not talking to each other. I know it's well, you know, and I don't think it's helping to see it play out, see probably like things that each of them, I, I have to be on. And I, I, I have not prefaced this enough. I have been a big Danielle fan for most previous yes. seasons. Yes. And I identify very deeply with Danielle. And, um, you know, going into the season, I think like most people, I assumed I would probably be on Danielle's side. Though, interestingly, I said to um, a friend of your pod, a friend of my life, Cara Berry, yes. <laughs> um, at some point, I was like, I think I'm going to be, I said this before the season, like, I think I'm going to be more on Lindsay's side than I anticipate being just mm-hmm. because I, I based on past experience with summer house where people promise Lindsay being terrible and then you see it and Lindsay's actually not that crazy <laughs> um, based on your perspective. But I, you know, I have, I feel like watching it back, seeing Danielle, some of Danielle's confession confessionals, I'm sure the same will be said of Lindsay, but like, seeing some of Danielle's expressions that maybe Lindsay didn't see in the moment, but just Mm -hmm. like all of these little things I think is going to make it really much harder for them to reconcile. And, you know, I just, I, I, I think there is some level of projection with unhappiness with her own relationship with Danielle, but I don't, I don't know that she's actually like the more important thing to me is I don't think she's actually like really listening to Lindsay Mm -hmm. in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. And certainly not like, meeting her where she is as a friend maybe should in these kinds of situations um you know your your best friend is the person who should have hard conversations with you but your best friend shouldn't always be hard on you yeah um and you know you have to moderate it you otherwise you're you're gonna alienate your your friend this is I'm I'm actually going through something not too dissimilar from this in my in real time with my actual actual best friend oh and it's a it's it's I mean it's fine she's making life decisions that I would classify as wild Um, (laughs) and I just have to to moderate like what I say to her and how I say it because I can see when I go too far and I'm too harsh and it make it pushes her away and she doesn't feel like she can come to me and talk to me about Mm -hmm. things and you know if you you know, if you want to be a support system, sometimes you have to bite your tongue. And, you know, sometimes tough love can help you alter a situation for the better with a friend. Um, But other times, sometimes you have to just like, 
wait and see what happens, even if it's not so great, you know, even if your best friend ends up in a situation that's not so great. And yes. Yeah. 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 And I think Danielle is like in, I, I'm, I completely identify with that as well because I am as a Virgo, I am that (laughs) friend, um, always. And I think that Danielle has been the friend that picks up the pieces for Lindsay and it's possible that right now in her relationship, Danielle needs some picking up and Lindsay's not even registering the fact that Danielle maybe is not in a great place right now with Robert, you know? So it's sad. All right. Well, let's move on to Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The extremely happy situation. (laughs) You know what I will say? This episode, not as painful to watch as previous episodes. Wouldn't you say so? I think that in a non like if if the outside world was not as it was for Vanderpump Rules, I think we may have even classified this as a boring episode. Yes, um, I didn't feel like it was boring because there's so much like subtext and like yeah. interest around and hype around the season overall. But yeah, it was it was not as stressful as as some of the others. Yeah, um, you know, it, it noticeable maybe like lack of Katie in much of it. Um, <laughs> And so maybe that also is part of what's affecting it. But yeah. Yeah. We open up on just happenings about town. Shishu is doing tables for her wedding. We unfortunately do have to have a scene with James and his dad, Andros. And my God, they talk about James's sobriety and his relationship. (sighs) Just, you know, James is such a piece of shit. Like, he's such a piece of shit. But whenever I see his mother and his father, I'm like, you know what, James? You're, you're doing not- really well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. It was a true jump scare when that man came around from around the corner. Like, James is just jamming and it's like, ah, Andros. <laughs> so many people on the internet are like, I'm just convinced that PK is James's dad. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I'm, the the idea of a world where Dorit is James's mother. I'm actually really sad for us that we don't exist in that plane of reality. Um, we we missed out on something really huge, huge there. Um, oh God! Yeah. No, I I'm with you though. Like I think like James is such a little prick and just like a terrible human. And then I see like a a picture of his tiny ears and face. And I'm just like, you have these terrible parents. Uh, Look at how well you've done considering where you could have ended up. He has paid for his brother's college tuition. Like I, you know, (laughs) this is where I'm like, James, oh, (laughs) you kill me. Because Jax, like there's nothing good about Jax. Nothing. There's literally nothing redeeming. Literally nothing. There's no redeeming qualities about Schwartz. James, <laughs> true, un- unfortunately, gives us like drops of it, and I'm like, God damn it, I hate you. I know. I know when he's funny and when he's like he. I mean that James Kennedy charm, as Ali and Raquel mentioned a few episodes <laughs> ago. I mean, it's there. He oozes it. I will never like. I think I may never get over him falling to his knees and begging as if he were Stasi oh at the God. reunion all those seasons ago. I, nothing will – he will never leave my heart because of that moment. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Um, we head to Shorts and Sandy's where I just don't give a shit about these motherfuckers, but they're doing a tasting for Greg and Katie comes by and 
I just, I feel like every scene with Sandoval, he just seems sleazier and sleazier and sleazier to me. He seems like sweatier and sleazier. And like, you know, it's hard now to think back on truly how I felt about him before I learned all of this. But at the beginning of this season, he was reading incredibly insincere to me. I I won't get Mm -hmm. into this in, I won't bore you with all of, all of this, but in the first or second episode, whatever the episode was where Sandoval went uh, to get the couch with Ariana. Yes. um, I texted Kara and I was like, what is going on here? Because I was so freaked out by Sandoval's like body language and just the way that he was like, looking or actually like he would not make eye contact with Ariana I was like this is the weirdest thing I have ever seen about him and so I it was like I I, you know it it sounds cheesy now um but it was truly like my first thought was like this man is cheating on her because he will Mm. not even look at her Mm. and I was texting with Kara about it and she was like I think it's just kind of his vibe like at this point I think he's just like kind of put on this like aloof cool guy thing and I was like yeah you know you're right because then in other scenes that's like he was just like kind of this weird like insincere seeming dude so I was like yeah you know he is just like you know so this is (laughs) I slipped in a way of making myself seem like a you know a body language reader but I think it is all part of the same package of he's just become like if he if he ever was any different I don't know that he ever really was but he certainly is now like um Uh, just a veneer of slime i'm not sure where the depth is yes exactly um sheena lala and ariana go to a girls night with ali and lala is just talking still talking a whole lot of shit about raquel that doesn't really make any sense but again i just want to point out that ariana is an angel because she is defending raquel Every time. Like, I saw somebody tweet saying something like, if being Team Ariana means I have to be Team Katie and Team Lala, then fuck this. And I was like, no, it actually doesn't. Because Team Ariana is always what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, regardless of who you are. And I Uh, love that about her. Yes. No, I, you know, so uh, my mom is actually visiting me this week. And um, we want, over the course of the last few days, we've watched the entire this season of Vanderpump. And when we watched last night's episode at the, at the end, so we'll get to this, but it's, it feeds in exactly with what you said. My mom was like, Oh, I get it about Ayana. She was like, she is just the one who is like, right. Like she, she does and says the right things and not because it's like the, like she wants to be seen as the one who is doing the right thing, but it's like, that's just the way that she is. And that's true. Like that is the way that she is. Yes. Um, I will say I agreed with one thing that Lala said during that mm. whole thing at the restaurant. And that's when she was saying that Raquel plans like how arguments will go. And mm-hmm. I, I do actually think that Raquel plans lines out in her arguments because yes, there's things like you know certainly I remember it in like previous reunions like she'll say things that are complete non sequiturs or just like don't quite go like with <laughs> the point of things and and so I do think that's true and I do think that Lala is much more off the cuff which can be like wittier maybe it can also reflect like a lack of 
self control and yes. um you know so but that was one thing where I was like yeah you know I I actually do think that Raquel is very much like kind of plotting things out so she can try to match up with with these other women yeah I think so and I think like I you know if if I didn't know what I knew now what I would read that as would be what Sheena said, which is she's defending herself. She's learning how to stand up for herself, right? I think that that's the way that I would have seen it before. Yeah. Um. Of course, now I'm like, it's because she's a duplic- duplicitous C word and uh, I hate her. <laughs> and she's right? being like, you know, very intentional about how she's coming off while hiding like the real stuff behind it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Also to the point of like being team Ariana equaling being like team Lala and Katie. I will say when it comes to Katie, I've not been a Katie fan except for like the brief moment in season three when she like, I think it was season three when she like went against Stassi. I was like, yes. Oh, do I like you now? Yeah. Um, and then of course that changed very quickly, but I already started feeling myself softening towards her just because she has read to me as sincere with the divorce, but yeah, then when Scandaval happened, I don't really know how to describe this, but I felt like I underwent like a psychological shift where it was like, I don't have the capacity to dislike everybody at the amount that I had before. And I felt like my dislike for Katie, just like the, just like the power ranking shifted where yeah. Raquel just like rose on my list of people that I dislike. And I was like, my tolerance for Katie has has gotten higher now. And I just like, she just doesn't bother me as much anymore. And it is, I have no idea how to describe it because it literally changed from one week to the other week. And there's not necessarily a reason for it. I was just like, Meh, I'm not as mad at Katie anymore. Exactly. Here's the thing. I think like I, I'm an, I was annoyed with Katie, but I don't think that Katie, but I think Katie had a legitimate reason to be irritated yes. with people. So yes. I feel like, when Katie is upset, she has a legitimate reason to be upset with people. When she makes like mean comments about somebody, it's usually accurate. So mm-hmm. that is what I like about Katie. What bothers me about Katie is in a lot of situations when she should be, you know, pointing her anger towards shorts, she yep. points it at women. She and that is where I'm 100% exactly. So yep. she always does that stuff. And that's that a pattern stuff. with Katie. Yes. 100% that's a pattern with Katie. And so that's where I'm like, you know what? That's where Katie, you lose me. But in this situation, I will say like even this episode, I was like, poor Katie <laughs> moved over to a tower away from her friends, like just doing gardening scenes. Like it just like made me I, sad for her. <laughs> I listened to your episode last week and I just need to say – in no world should Katie have given up this her room to the bridesmaid. That's my take. <laughs> yes. She okay. paid for the room. She should have kept the room. Like, and, she, and I'm glad that she did. Yes. Not, exactly. no, no, no question in my mind. Would I have maybe given it up? Maybe. But in talking about Katie and Sheena and Vanderpump rules, no. Katie, yes. Katie was 100% did what she should have done. Exactly. Katie's doing her job, okay, which yeah. she's never really done, but I know. she's doing Very her job. Excellent point. You know, that's actually a great point. She is much more tapped into the dynamics of filming, I think, this season yes. than I think she has been in the past. I think she's coasted first with the witches and then with Schwartz and just like tagging in 
um, Mm -hmm. for filming stuff like along with them. And here it feels like she's being much more intentional about her her role on the show, probably because she's worried about it. Um, Yeah, exactly. So at this lunch, you know, they're talking to Allie about being James's twin flame. James apparently really wants Allie to be at the wedding. And Sheena is very honest. She's like, Sheena's like, listen, I I just met you and I would, it would just, you know, it's just unfortunately not possible. They have like a very mature conversation. Allie's really smart. She's like, no. I like her. I'm (laughs) shocked at how much I like her. I I did not expect it. I like her. You know, she comes up, she was being so realistic and normal in that conversation. Like, yeah, why would she invite me? I barely know her. Exactly. And by the way, please note that she's having this conversation in front of Lala, which is important to note because of where, what happens later on in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yep. So speaking of Lala, Lala, Brock, and Sheena go to lunch. And apparently Lala is still like, I don't want to be anywhere where Raquel is. I'm like, Mm. Lala, grow up. But something happens between Lala and Brock where Brock tells us something sort of about his ex. And then he's like, he's like, I talked to my kid's mom and, you know, I wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you pushing me. I'm like, I don't know what happened, Brock. What happened? Fill me in on this story. But apparently, like, Lala and Brock are best of friends and Sheena has offered to be sister wives with him. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) It was a bit under explained. It was so under explained. Um, and it's actually like very gratifying to hear you say that because I watched that scene and was like, huh, do I just like not really remember how things went last season? <laughs> Nobody um, knows. Right. I, I mean, like, I will say, I think I might have an unpopular take on the Brock situation, which is that my feeling has always been. Well, minus any any idea of domestic violence, just thinking about like relationship with the kids and and however that's going. My thought has always been like this shit can be really nuanced, and I'm not, I I'm not ready to come down on him for something I know nothing about, and I don't know any of the players, and I don't I'm not ready to say like he's the worst person in the world because I don't know anything about this. I think that's probably an unpopular take given what I have seen people say about Brock, but. You know, if he is indeed, like, reaching out to his kids more, or if he has, like, and he has a good relationship with Sheena and Summer, and he's now, like, has this great new situation of whatever kind it is with Lala and Ocean, <laughs> like, that's all good stuff. So, like, okay, good for you. I don't know, like, that Brock has successfully rehabilitated his image, but, like, cool. I know. Apparently, he has to Lala. Lala's now in Lala's eyes. Brock is an upstanding gentleman, unlike Randall, oh who she said he was an upstanding gentleman. <laughs> Absolutely love that they threw that clip in because my <laughs> God, Lala looks stupid. She looked stupid when she said it in real time. Like yes. it is. It's in uh. in twenty twenty three. It is even worse. <laughs> Um, we go to Villa Rosa. Apparently, Lisa's having a tea party, but turns out it's a surprise bridal shower for Shishu. Um, it was cute. It was it was nice. Um, but my favorite part of this is that James is getting Liddy on some pumptinis. And <laughs> we got James that. and pumptinis. Uh, true love reunited. So good. Finally, so good. star-crossed lovers. Yes. So again. this 
this is where Lala stirs shit up with James. She's like, oh, Allie still isn't invited to the mm-hmm. wedding, and I think it's because of Raquel. Like, no, you were there. Lala, you were there. Sheena said it's – like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And then Lala that's – put- That's a great, great point. And then, like, James is like, well, should I go and get engaged? Because remember what happened last season? And then it cut to the last season where Lala mm. stirred up shit with James before, too. Like, Lala's like, I'm on a journey with James. Like, I care about him and I don't want him to have a meltdown. But she still uses him all the time for him to create 100%. a scene. 100%. Constantly. 100%. I mean, she is... I can't believe I'm about to defend her in any way. Um, it's not really a defense. I was going to say, like, she's also, like, you know, helping him out in a way because she's pulling him back in to kind of, like, yes, like engage true. with people on storylines. But, like, you know, that's that's not, like, I wouldn't necessarily call it a kindness. That's true. Great point. Great point. Mm. Um, I feel dirty. <laughs> no. It is not kindness. It's it's dedication to the drama, but not dedication yeah. to being a morally good person. No, or a good friend to James. Or a good yeah. But like James does himself enough harm. I'm it's, not gonna like it's I won't fine. go too far here either. Yeah. It's fine. You know, James is uh getting buzzed as the evening pro- or afternoon progresses. He sees Raquel and Sh- Schwartz flirt sort of. He calls mm. she tells Schwartz to get on a treadmill in the confessional. And again, James is a monster, but James makes me laugh, okay? I know. I know. <laughs> it's really like whiplash with him, which is just like, it's it's really like, he'll say the vilest things, and then like a second later, he will just be so funny. And honestly, it is actually like it, that that teeter that teetering really happens when he's drinking and so you know in all seriousness like I do hope that he kind of keeps an eye on it on it because we've all seen the moments when he goes over the deep end and it seems like supremely out of control um but I god damn he is funny he's hilarious god um but you know so Raquel and Schwartz are flirting here. They continue to flirt later on when they're at Schwartz and Sandy's. Now, the rumor is that at this point, Raquel and Sandoval have already been fucking each other. Yep. That's, that's, that's crazy! Yeah. It is. It's it's hard to look at this through any... I mean, I, I've, I've gone back and forth on this a lot of, like, how do you look at any of this? Because it's like, we don't know when things started, right? Like, but by that token, like, we don't know how early it started. Could have started way earlier than we thought. Yep. I tend to believe the timeline of it happened after Vegas, like, and so by this point, it has happened. Yep. Um, and the other thing I keep thinking about is that it has almost certainly happened before most of the confessionals were filmed. Um, I don't yes. know when all of them were filmed, but there's yes. this one look where the, the confessional look where... Raquel has like the the feather cuff. Yes. Cuffs. Like the one it's like a nude shirt. Week. It's like a champagne shirt with feather yes. cuffs. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and I back during that week when I, you were abroad and the rest of us were living on the internet 24-7. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I was looking at her Instagram at one point. Um I, I don't remember exactly. She posted, like, she had posted something like with that look. And obviously I don't know for sure that she like 
you know, po- made the Instagram post like when the inf- confessional was actually filmed. Sure. But like, I don't think it's that wild of a guess to think that that might be a line, but I'm using that as a timestamp in my mind. So like, it was way postseason, like wrapping. So she had certainly slept with Sandoval by this point. So all of this is to say, every time I see her say anything in that confessional look, I just get so angry. I'm just full of so much rage because everything she's saying is so beyond like crazy to think about in the lens of like a sin like you know a scenario where she slept with Sandoval by that time. And I know I'm coming down on Raquel about this and like I, I am I'm angrier with Sandoval but it's sort of like the stuff that's going on on the screen is um is much more Raquel focused so it's hard not yeah. to kind of like mm-hmm. focus then on what she's saying and the actions because that's what we're seeing um yeah because we're not getting a lot of Sandoval um confessional about anything beyond the restaurant like Absolutely. We're not really getting exactly. Sandoval to talk about the rest of the cast or anything yep. else. He's primarily only talk like most of even his scenes are only about Schwartz and Sandy's. He's really not mm-hmm. even involved in like, well, last week he unnecessarily got involved, but like he isn't really involved in any of the confessionals. So I completely understand. And yeah, Raquel is saying a lot of things in that outfit that make me so angry and just oh it drives me crazy like even like I I think Ariana and Sheena are both talking about like how you know they went to lunch with Allie but before they went to lunch they checked in with Raquel first because they didn't want Raquel to be upset with them Mm -hmm. I'm like exactly you know what Raquel fuck you yep and they're (sighs) defending her at that lunch to Lala it's just like everything they're doing is through the lens of like supporting her and it's really wild that the two of them were really like, you know, bore the brunt of everything that happened with her. Yeah. It's just, I think like that's part of it too, is like, you know, we're looking, this whole season is about like Raquel's empowerment. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I was cheering it so hard before I heard about this, but with knowing what we know, like it just ends up looking like Raquel is, seeking her own pleasure at the cost of literally anybody else and that is um that's not empowerment that's just selfishness and um the very same can be said for Sandoval he is he is I think the king of that like focusing on himself like and not caring about the fallout on others I think it is it, it it's a match made in heaven in that way Okay, not to give Raquel any credit or yeah. be on her side at all, but I think that there's no. Something you can. That- I think it's good to support women, <laughs> but <laughs> I think, terrible ones. I think that there's something to say about the fact that like Raquel is, you know, trying to make her space in this crew, and she's looking at who the big players are. Right? Who's the biggest? Who's yep. the biggest dog? Who's the loudest dog in the room? It's Lala. Yep. And what is Lala? Lala is a, was a mistress. Lala did sleep with somebody else's boyfriend. Lala is was super flirtatious. Lala came into the show flirting with Jax, flirting with James, like hooking up with James, uh, like being really intense and loud and all those things, right? And she might be thinking to herself, 
if she can do those things and still be beloved by these people, then let me also go down that same path of doing similar things. And I'm not saying that that is uh, an excuse for anything like that, but I wonder if maybe that was in her mind. And of course, all of it is selfish and it's super fucked up and all those things. And it's not the same thing. And Lala didn't sleep with her friend, uh, her friend's boyfriend of nine years, her best friend's boyfriend. I mean, she's a fucking bridesmaid in Sheena's wedding. Like, yeah. I, it, it's all very different. But I wonder if Lala thinks to or Raquel thinks to herself, if Lala can be accepted for doing those things, maybe I should try to be like edgy too. And it doesn't say that this Lala's fault or anything, but I wonder if that was maybe some of her thinking. It's all bad. I, yeah, I'm no, I mean, like, I, I think there's something too that there's also like, I mean. T- very, I think, along the same lines, or maybe like wrapped up in the same sort of idea is, you know, many people, there's a lot of rhetoric around saying like, well, everybody on the show does this. Like sure, everyone's yeah. cheated on everyone on the show. And I happen to think that this is like extremely different from anything we've mm-hmm. seen, um, not only on the show, but pretty much like on much of, I mean, on the, re- I can't think of something that I would classify as um, worse than this when it comes to like a cheating scandal. I think the only thing com- comparable is when we found out about Jax and Kristen. Completely agree. And even then, like it was a different sort of like scenario because uh, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm with yeah. you completely. And so with that in mind, I also wonder if there's an element of that going in with, you know, Raquel and and Sandoval I suppose like they're thinking or certainly the thinking of like well it's everyone's done this on the show like this Mm -hmm. is what the show was about like maybe they are also feeling that way um I don't think it excuses either I think it's just a further way of um falsely justifying it because the fact is that the factors are so different like yeah this is these are different relationships people the people here have different connections and um I think that while all of what you have said, I think can certainly factor into some of the explanation here. I just, um, like, I hope Raquel herself knows that it's not a justification. I know you know that, but it's just like, you know, she is still at the end of the day. Like, I also tend to believe that like, you know, Sandoval had some level of influence over her and like kind of, you know like there's like a grooming adjacent yes grooming is like yeah it's like not the right word but like there is a I think grooming adjacent or just like manipulation I certainly think that is there but like I still keep coming back to the fact of like but Raquel is like a grown woman yes agreed I I was like I I I was a lawyer at Raquel's age. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sure. And I came to my profession like later than some of my peers. Like it is not like a, you know, it, it, I can't, I I keep telling myself like as much as I want to like understand and like excuse this behavior on some level, it is also like, I can't totally say that it is not like, she's a grown woman who should have known better for doing something like that to her friend. That's yeah. what it comes down to me. I mean, Sandoval is like, in some ways, like I, I I'm focusing on Raquel here because Sandoval is so irredeemable in the situation that it, it, it doesn't bear much like a uh, conversation about it on my point. Yeah. There's no justification. There's exactly. no understanding. He's yes. just a sleaze bag. 
Agreed. Agreed. Um, they all go to uh, – we, we – oh, I just want to touch on the fact that James being drunk and having that very colorful chat with Lisa and um, Lala about putting babies in Allie and then also trashing Brock at his own wife's uh, – Brock's, Brock's fiancé's bridal shower. Again, James, bad guy, but makes me laugh so hard. I laugh so hard. <laughs> And I even said before, like, I don't know. I don't know enough about Brock's situation. I I laughed. I laughed hard. <laughs> the crew goes to Shorts and Sandy's for pizza and drinks, and it's whatever. I mean, this is where James pesters Sheena and Brock about allowing Allie at the reception. And I love the way how he got them to get her to be at the reception by reminding them about how they got fucking engaged at his engagement party. <laughs> he he played that. He played them like his little keyboard turntables. He just was yes. like, wiggy, 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 wiggy. Got her in. <laughs> wiggy, wiggy his way into the wedding. It was so good. It also, like, to be honest, though, it also clearly said to me that, like, Sheena could have added Allie, and she probably didn't because of Raquel. I think that was yes. all the money. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, Schwartz and Raquel, they check out the bathroom and a sound bath art installation thing. They talk about how they both have these, like, lights. I mean, we also – everybody goes to Mexico, and then everybody's, like, unpacking, and we see it again that they are actually very similar. And I saw a tweet today saying something like, no wonder – no wonder Sandoval <laughs> fucked Raquel. Raquel is basically Schwartz in a female body. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no wonder Katie fucking hates her already then, to be honest. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah. Um, we get to Mexico and uh, it cracked. Um, listen. I felt bad for Katie, but also cracked me up that Sheena moved her to a completely different tower. I was like, you know what, Sheena, that is so petty, but that is such a – that's so smart. She's like, okay, you want to be at this fucking wedding? Then fine. (laughs) As well within her rights as Katie was for going, Sheena was totally – it was like, yes, Sheena, absolutely move her to a different tower and take her off the preferred club list. That's correct. (laughs) Excellent. I love so, this from both of you. If you're going to feud, I want you both at peak form and you're both, you're, you're there. Yes. What I, the other thing I love uh, as we're all checking in here is how fucking annoyed Allie is of James. Oh my I'm God. Obsessed. Yes. Me too. Me too. On honestly, like I did not expect to like Allie. Um, I feel like there was a lot of like buzz about her before the season started as like mm-hmm. she's a fan and she's like clawed her way onto the show and I'm seeing her and I'm like actually she's got something going on between the ears she's like she's pretty sharp should I okay. get a meeting with Allie like <laughs> okay first of all my thing is she may have used James to get on this show but I love the fact that she got on the show and she's shitting on her boyfriend you know, yes. like, I think that that's brilliant. I think that that's really smart. I love that she's just, like, constantly just like, James, stop. Shut up. Like, don't touch me. Get away from me. Like, I just love it. I think it's hilarious. Because weirdly, I think also James loves that. 
Like, I don't think James wants to be with somebody who like worships the ground that he walks on. I think James wants to be with somebody who's like a little bit like prickly with him. I think that that's what he actually loves. That's probably why he still is in love with Lala. Like, because he can't actually be with her. Oh, I mean- Though talk about twin flames, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but I totally agree with you. I think that there is a part of James that definitely like likes sort of like the meek, docile kind of like very stereotypically like kind of delicate woman. Clearly, because there is there is you you got that sense about Raquel when she and James started dating. You kind of I at least that was my first impression of Allie. I think yep. he seems to like that, but. I'm totally with you. I think on a slightly more deeper level, he wants somebody who is going to be a more dynamic partner. And I think Allie is giving him that. Um, I did think it was a little rich when Raquel, in her feather cuff confessional look, by the way, is talking about like, oh, she wouldn't want to be like next door to James and Allie while they're banging in the room. Is that right? Is that right? I know. (gasps) I know. Yeah, <gasps> would be crazy, wouldn't it, Raquel? Huh? Yeah, it would be really crazy for you to be sleeping with uh, somebody's soon-to-be ex-boyfriend <sighs> at the same resort, huh? That'd be <sighs> weird. God, that yeah. bitch. Um, uh, Katie and Ariana find out from LVP that they got their spot for the sandwich shop. It's a really sweet moment. Um some of the crew goes to a welcome dinner and Christina Kelly has the audacity to just roll on in. She's not even invited to the wedding. That was so weird. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) And I've like kind of appreciated Christina Kelly's reappearance. Yes. Um, Like in general, like I I think she's a comforting dour presence Um, and (laughs) comforting yet dour, dour yet comforting. Um, but that was so weird. I mean, the only distinction, I guess, is like if they're thinking of it as being like a like a a cast filming opportunity. But even that, like, sure, why would you go? You're not invited to this wedding. You're not. In, you're not part of the welcome dinner. Oh, so <laughs> you weird. should order some room service at this all inclusive and eat in bed. Like, get out of here as Katie's guest. Like, go be Katie's guest. Yeah, exactly. Go be a third wheel in Katie and Schwartz's. Uh, we sold our house dinner oh, or whatever the hell they're going right. to. I forgot that that's happening like simultaneously to this dinner fight. Yes. Um, this is when Sheena reminds us about the comment that Christina Kelly and Stassi made where they called mm. her old wedding dress a skanky quinceanera dress. And Sheena, Latina princess, <laughs> she says um, – People forget because I don't really like to talk about it. And I was like, well, that's not a great way to start talking about your heritage, Sheena. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, have you ever talked? <laughs> have you ever talked? Talk- I feel like I knew that. I feel like I did. But I, I don't think know. I did too. But I think I knew it from like internet knowledge, not yeah. like, not like Sheena has talked about being like a Latina queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Sheena says that it was deeply offensive as a half Mexican person for Stasi and Christina Kelly to to talk, you know, to mock a beautiful cultural yeah. event like a quinceanera. And I was like, you know, you know, the editors are even looking at Sheena like Sheena because they always keep the <laughs> face like beat. The yeah, beat. Like beat. 
the extra beat on the confessional, you're like, oh, they think that you're ridiculous. But you know, yeah. I mean, she was right. Like, she's I not mean, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and I. And sorry, look, go ahead. And look, if it was Christina Kelly and anybody else, I'd say, uh, I don't know, but it's Stassi. So I believe that that was offensive yep. and that is what it is. <laughs> I think that it is just beautiful that like there, Stassi is gone and she's being brought up in these flashbacks where she looks like a terrible person. Yes. Gives yes. me joy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Joy. They don't even use her name uh, when they talk <laughs> about her wedding. So, like, I love the fact that she's only brought up when she's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like, as it as it applies to racist comments. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, we find out at this welcome dinner that James had gotten into a fight with Brock's friend who was drunk. And I just love Ariana always. Team Ariana because Ariana is always right. She puts James in his place. Lala puts James in his face. Allie the whole time is like, yeah, they're right. You're wrong. You're stupid. I hate you. Listen to Ariana. Shut the fuck up. Okay? Like, I just love that she's constantly whispering under her breath, like, he is such a fucking moron. And then she gets up to leave. And James is, like, just not listening. He's not listening. He is not listening with those ears. Not he once. is I mean, he's imbibed one or many substances, I believe, by that point. And, you know, it's, you know, the other thing I found really interesting was Sandoval Mm -hmm. not saying a word. I was just going to say that. Yes. And like, yeah. And like, contrast that to how he took up for Raquel in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just... (sighs) It's so weird that James mm-hmm. is making Ariana literally scream at the top of scream. his lungs. Yep. He's got nothing to say, but nothing. when all the girls are getting up on Raquel, yep. he's all up in there. He's defending her. He's right. so like, fuck right. you, Tom Sandoval. It's like, you know, is it that he thinks that Ariana can handle herself and Raquel can't? Perhaps. But I think that's I think also what he likes about Raquel. I is that completely he- agree. Is that Completely. he would be able to defend her honor and like right. he would she would need him, you know. Yep. Ariana really does not need Sandoval Absolutely. in any way. Yeah, um, I think it helps also that like Ariana was yelling at a man, and uh, Tom Sandoval loves nothing more than to yell at a woman. So mm-hmm. you know, makes it even easier to uh, to give it to Katie and Lala. Yeah. One other moment, and it happened earlier, is when James gets into his room and he's like, oh, it's a oh, swim-up suite. And he's like, yeah, oh, Raquel <sighs> thought it was a swim-up suite. It was stupid, right? And Allie turns <sighs> and looks at him and she goes, why are we talking about Raquel? <laughs> and then he does that weird moment where he, like, crawls on the ground and bites <laughs> her in the ass. And she literally swats him away and because she's, she's like, so irritated by him. It made me think, like, what? Like, I just imagined, like, is this what you and Raquel did? Did you, like, play being dogs together? I just, I don't, I don't know. It was, it made me deeply uncomfortable. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. I really, like, feel strongly that cocaine was involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. Uh, But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode because it was silly enough. James was... On his James game. It made me really, really happy. And um, And Ariana gave him the business. Uh, It was a good way to end. 
Exactly. Exactly. I was like, did this need to be to be continued? I mean, we know how this is going to go. She's going to continue yelling at him and whatever. I do think that James is going to try to be like, see what you did. Now you made my girlfriend leave. It's like, no, your girlfriend left because you're a jackass. Yes. Like, she left because she agrees with Ariana. That's actually what happened. Yeah. Now, this Um, week, apparently, uh, there was leaked footage or whatever. I don't know what the hell you want to call it. Raquel has been seen bringing a capaciously large bag into um, Ariana's home while Ariana's away because apparently she is having no problems going over to Tom and Ariana's house and spending nights there out in public, making sure TMZ's there to take pictures of her going in there because she's a real so-and-so. It is, like, I I just think that is, like, disturbingly disgusting behavior on their part. And, um, you know, I, I, Tom is an absolute scumbag for not just leaving the house, and certainly, like, inviting Raquel while Ariana is out of town. Like, it is so gross. It's like, I mean, like, just the idea of her being in there in Ariana's space, in her personal, like, private space, like, doing whatever she wants, like, with whatever she wants, right? Like, just, like, it's such a violent, like a very intimate type type of violation in that way. Yes. Um. It just sucks. It just really sucks. Yeah, it does. Uh, I will say one thing, and again, not the same thing at all, and no justice for Kristen Doty, but she did also say that she hated the fact that Ariana lived in the same apartment that she and Tom used to live in up until but he they also moved out. used to live in with the twins that were in high school. Do you remember that back from season one? What? In like episode, an early episode of season one, Kristen is on a mo- at a modeling shoot and she, she and Stassi are there and they run into this young woman who used to be roommates. She and her twin sister used to be roommates with Tom Sandoval before he was with Kristen and Kristen is like, oh, my God. And he slept with one of them. But I don't remember which twin it was. Was it this twin? And so, like, Stassi yells, like, hey, did you sleep with Tom Sandoval? And the the young woman is like, it was a long time ago. And Kristen, like, melts down. And she's like, I just can't be around her. And then, like, later on, I think at the reunion, um, I remember this very in detail because I watched season one not that long ago. Um at the reunion, it comes out that they were, like, in high school when they were <gasps> living there. Oh, and, no. and part of the reason, and the reason I thought of this is part of the reason Kristen was so upset is because she was like, like, I know that you're saying it was a long time ago, but, like, I live in that apartment. Like, that couch where you slept with each other is my couch. Like, that is my bed. Like, his bed is my bed. It is, yeah, like, no justice for Kristen Doty in this particular situation, but there is something very, like, icky and weird about it, for sure. Oh, God. What a sleazebag. We should have known. We should have always known. I mean, there was no... (sighs) Ariana, he fooled you for nine years and also us. So what are you going to do? That's true. She's going to thrive. She is going to thrive, actually. Um, She's already doing great. Apparently, there's, like, a website that she just launched with a bunch of stuff. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of merch. She's got, like, Team Ariana merch. Um, 
I I looked at it and there was like a like all kinds of stuff with like her best lines on them. Sadly, nothing about taking sketch comedy seriously, but like the <laughs> um <laughs> like uh, I was born cool. Yeah, um, you know, like yeah. the the good stuff, like the the really empowering stuff that we love her for. Yeah. Um. Well, any other thoughts about Vanderpump Rules? You know, I just um, I'm really interested to see how the rest of the season goes because even though I know factually, like some kind of like tentpole things that are going to happen, um, I also have kind of like no sense of like what's coming. I don't. Yeah have a good idea of like how many episodes are left like what's gonna happen in each episode I was actually really surprised that they were already in Mexico in this episode Mm -hmm. so I was like I just don't know what to expect and it's so stressful but like very compelling yeah I think that they are purposely in Mexico right now because I I have a feeling that before the Scandaval stuff happened, this was going to happen later on in the season. I think they were going to probably give us Sheena's wedding as a finale. Um, I think you're you're right. But I think obviously everything got shifted. So I think that that maybe we got a couple of episodes in the middle. I'm not sure. Um, They keep saying that it, the episodes haven't been cut for. Yeah. That has been a really I was I was about to ask like kind of what you think about that because on one hand it shocks me, but on the other hand I'm sort of like, well, it maybe it makes sense if they're like kind of adding episodes and focusing on getting those edited and put together. Like maybe it makes sense if they didn't bother like really changing what they had already done. Um but it's so fascinating given how much of it feels like pretty direct foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. And then um Lala was apparently on Jeff Lewis. I do not I do not listen to that podcast, but I did see it come across my feed a clip and she said that she knew that this was happening for quite some time. I saw and, that clip too and that feels well, I'm curious to know what you think about that statement. So that feels to me definitely Lala being a know-it-all and being like I've always known, right? Like she yeah, always it feels likes like revisionist be, history. Yeah, it definitely is like this is why I was saying the stuff that I was saying because I've always known and blah blah blah. And it's like, mm, but then if you knew, why didn't you say anything to Ariana? And she says exactly. on the podcast, it's because we weren't that close. And I'm like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Like I don't think that that's a good enough reason for you to not say something. I mean you told Sheena who you weren't talking to her for like nine months last year that Mm -hmm. you were concerned about her because of her fiance's like, you know, past or whatever. So I don't believe that you would just be like, Oh, I just didn't want to tell her. Um, but I do think, sorry, go ahead. I do think that Lala, Lala sensed something. And I think that maybe it's hard to tell, right? Like it's, it's like, did Lala send something because she was worried that Raquel was going to, like, retaliate at Lala or at James in a way that was really toxic the way that, like, James and Lala mm-hmm. had done to Raquel? Or mm-hmm. was she really seeing something that nobody else was? Like, were they really seeing Raquel behave a certain way around the men that they had never seen anybody else do yes, before? Yes, that – you know, I was thinking, I, I meant, I was thinking about that before when we were talking about Katie and like with Katie, like I do definitely think like specifically with the girl strip example, I do think she invited Raquel more to keep her close than anything else. But yeah. I'm also not ready to say that 
Katie and Lala, you know, and Christina did not have some kind of intuition about something kind of off because, you know, I, I hate the editing excuse, but I also like have to sometimes remind myself, like, it is actually true that they're spending hours and hours and hours together and we're only seeing snippets of it. So like, yes. And, you know, I, I, I get like weird feelings, right? Like, you know, with people yeah. are acting kind of off, like it's totally plausible that they did send something weird about Raquel and that's why they were kind of coming down on on things but like I think it goes too far for Lala to try to say that she knew it or that she totally wasn't surprised by it and it's actually shitty if that's the case because even if she's suddenly claiming she wasn't that close to Ariana like she and Katie were certainly close and I think it would be a lot for Katie to say that she's not close with Ariana I mean yeah yeah someone should have said something yeah if they indeed knew Yes, exactly. I think that there were probably whispers and none of yeah. these women told their friend. Um except for Sheena. I think that when Sheena found out, I think she immediately told Ariana. I think that's right. Yeah. Um unless I mean, depending on the order of when things happened, if Sheena found out after Ariana already knew. Oh, which it's I think possible. may be possible. Um if she for example, came upon Raquel when Raquel was talking to Ariana, which is one version I've heard of. of oh, yeah. oh, God. I can't wait but to see But she went how to go looking out. for, um, like, she noticed Raquel not there in the bar that they were at after Watch What Happens Live. So she went to go find her and she found her outside, like, on the phone with Ariana, who was sobbing. I'm not saying that this is true, but this is one version that I've heard. Oh. God, I can't. Can we just fast forward to that? I don't. Sheena, I love you, but I just don't care. But you got married. I looks great. Honestly, it's actually like very embarrassing for Sheena to have these episodes where she is like so like pushing for Raquel hard in these episodes. It's not like I don't think she did anything objectively embarrassing, but I think Sheena probably feels bad watching this. Um, Yes. Watching this back. Yeah. I have one question for you. Um, and sorry if you've already talked about this, but I don't think I've heard you talk about it. What do you think about the rumors of two people close to coming to blows at the reunion? And what do you think about the possibility of it being the Toms? Um, I mean, it could be the Toms. Um, I don't know if it is because I feel like they, like, I wouldn't believe it if it was the Toms. I feel like it would be acting and it would be very bad acting. Oh, I agree. Um, I feel like it's probably Schwartz and James mm-hmm. or or James and or James and Sandoval. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of men there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> and to it's be like, honest, like I was actually like pretty like whatever about the idea of two people like almost coming to like a physical fight. I'm like, ah. Not the first time we've seen or heard of that on Vanderpump Rules. The only thing that made me interested was the idea that Schwartz might actually have shown some anger at Sandoval. Because that, I I feel like it would be a big surprise for me to see that from him. I would love to see that, but I don't think yeah. that it happened. I just don't I believe agree. it. I just don't totally believe agree. it. Totally agree. I think that Especially it was maybe... Jax as a source. Yes. I feel like it was maybe James and Schwartz or James because I feel like James did think it was really fucked up that Schwartz was flirting so much with Raquel right in his face. Right. 
Um, and I think that if James believes the rumor that Rick Schwartz was just doing that while Sandoval could secretly fuck Raquel, then James has a good reason to be really fucking mad at Schwartz because it's like yeah. Sandoval is one type of piece of shit, but you're a second type of piece of shit for hiding it. I mean, I've not even talked in the podcast about this stuff that's going on about like Schwartz and his girlfriend, Joe, who's not actually his roommate. Yeah. It's his girlfriend. Katie says she's spooky. I don't know. Spooky like, Joe. Spooky Joe. There's so much stuff going on on the side and I like don't even – it's too much. Like I – listen, guys. I just got on an antidepressant and it's really cleared my brain in a really good way. <laughs> and sometimes Let's my – Let's not br- clog it with more shit. Yeah. Let's yeah. not clog you up. The SSRIs are giving what they need to give, and I can't get clogged up with Spooky Joe and Jax and it's fucking like Brittany. Not that interesting, right? No, like, I, mean, I actually don't buy that Katie would is or or was that angry about Joe because I think if she was, we would have heard about it on the show. Yes, and I again don't believe that Katie didn't know about this. If Schwartz knew I, about I it. Agree. Then Katie knew about it. There's no yeah. fucking way. There's no way. And Joe and so wait, you mean about Raquel and and yes. Tom? Or yeah, interesting. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but I can see where you. I can see what you're saying. So here's the thing. Joe used to be best friends with Kristen. Ugh, see, mm-hmm. okay. Well, now we're gonna have to clog the brains up. Everybody's <laughs> so brains are getting clogged. Joe used I to did be this to you. <laughs> Joe used to be best friends with Kristen. And Kristen knew about Joe and Schwartz being in a relationship yes. together. Yes. And Joe, Schwartz, Sandoval, and Raquel spent time together. They vacationed together to the point where fans have pictures of them all together at bars in other cities. So my thing is, if that was going on and people that Kristen knows knew about all this, I don't believe that Certain people in this group didn't know. I don't believe, and like Lala saying okay. that she knew. And if Kristen knew, Katie knew for sure. Yeah, but Kristen, I mean, no justice for Sindoti. <laughs> if Kristen knew, she'd tell Ariana. Yeah. I know. I just. Don't I, I I see where you're going with this, yeah. though, and I I I see where I see what you're saying, and I think that what is fair to say is this is there's a lot of mess here, and a lot of duplicitousness, and a lot of maybe like like shielding things for and from each other. I think what I'm like I. I I believe without a shadow of a doubt that Ariana was completely taken aback by this, did not know it was going on, did not expect yeah. this to happen, was blindsided and um and it's and was undeniably absolutely hurt by what happened. That yes. I, that I believe full stop. Um and and I, I none of this like they were in an open relationship, threesome stuff. That's not none of that is true. And um I would just hope that if her good friends knew about it, they would tell her. And that applies to Schwartz, who we know did know about it. Yes. And should have told Ariana. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, listen, yeah. 
You got to clear that brain again. We got to clear that brain. It's time to take my meds and go to bed. <laughs> Maya, thank you so much for being here. Um, I love chatting with you so much. I love chatting with um, you, too. Thank you for having me. Oh, this my God. Of course. Of course. Um, are you watching Ultimate Girls Trip? I am. Um, I have not watched um, – if the fourth episode came out today, I did not watch it. But I have watched – the uh the ones that all came out last week and um my god what a delight I didn't totally anticipate it I do think it might be just a smidge too soon after each of their seasons for Mm -hmm. me because I'm feeling Mm -hmm. like a little bit of um Alexia fatigue um (laughs) Heather fatigue a lot of Heather fatigue actually um and you know it's still too soon after Leah's last season um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been two years and it's still too soon um no but I um I I love Candace on this and that is not controversial to say to you because you are also a Candace lover but I have not always been a Candace lover and mm-hmm. um I'm a, a recent convert and I think she's just like she's making it for me I know a lot of people are like really happy about Portia being back but like I am I'm loving Candace right now yeah, Candace is Candace is the gem right now. She's like a low key. She's like a to me. She's always gonna be a baby Kenya Moore. It took people a long time to get on Kenya Moore. Yeah, and now look, everybody loves Kenya Moore now. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like Candace is about to have. I mean, Candace still said some very problematic things. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, undeniably so. But in the words of her arch nemesis Giselle, Candace is not known to be mean first she's only mean in retaliation okay Giselle was such like I cannot believe Giselle let those words out (laughs) onto film to be played back throughout every every upcoming season of Potomac or anything that Giselle is on there's just going to be a quick roll footage to those words for the rest of Giselle's days and I she's love right, that. She's right, though. Yes, she's right, and I love that. I love that for everybody. I love it for Candace. <laughs> I love it for Giselle, and I love it for the viewers of Potomac. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll be back later this week to talk about uh, Ultimate Girls Trip and, unfortunately, New Jersey, which I've been avoiding discussing for quite some time. <laughs> I can't imagine why. It's really riveting, earth-shattering, <laughs> groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs>